Hello, and welcome to the Make Money Mediating Podcast. I'm your host, Susan Guthrie, and I'm an attorney, mediator, trainer, keynote speaker, author, podcaster, social media influencer, technology junkie, consultant, and coach. And although I know that sounds like a lot, but what it really means to me is that I've found a way to make a living doing what I love and doing it in a way that lets me help others. So in this podcast, I want to share some tips and insights into helping you create the career that lights you up and pays your bills, whether that's as a mediator, attorney, collaborative professional, or really anything that you are passionate about. So I'll be chatting with some of the most successful and influential experts in all areas associated with building your practice, and I'll share my own thoughts and the lessons I've learned along the way. So come along on the journey with us and soon you'll have a practice that will let you make money mediating too. Hello listeners and welcome to the Make Money Mediating Podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host. And today I'm going to be talking about something that I think we all deal with at some point in our career. And lately, I feel like I've been dealing with it quite a bit. So that was the genesis for this week's episode. I'm going to be talking about dealing with difficult clients and how we as the professionals can keep our cool, stay professional, and manage those difficult situations, right? It can be very hard to navigate our challenging clients. And sooner or later, as I said, we're all going to have them, especially those of you who are out there who are in the dispute resolution field as I am. So as we are talking about building a successful practice, we need to discuss this aspect of being a mediator, of being somebody who is involved day in and day out with people who are engaged in conflict. And as I always point out, I do want to say, although I'm talking about mediators and dispute resolution professionals in this podcast episode overtly, I think that there is an underlying thread of helpful information for anyone because it is almost impossible, if not actually impossible, to run a practice, deal with the public, deal with the world in any way without running into some people who, I'm going to put it in quotes, are difficult at some time. And so whether you are someone who's been in practice for a long time or whether you are just starting out, you usually are going to find some of these clients who are uncooperative argumentative, or just downright hostile. So we're going to explore some strategies for effectively managing those challenging clients, handling those difficult situations, and maintaining your professionalism in the face of that adversity. I always like to say the first place to start out is understanding those clients. When you're talking about managing difficult clients or difficult behaviors, Part of what can help us is to understand what is making them challenging in the first place. Because, you know, we're human. They come in, they are perhaps hostile or making snide comments or are unhappy and verbalizing that in, in what they say to us. And we have a tendency as human beings to take that very personally. And one of the first things that maybe we need to realize is it may not have anything to do with us at all. And that can help us right there from the start 
distance ourselves from the conflict that they are bringing into the room. So first off, just realizing that they may be in the midst of a highly emotional situation. You know, they can, for me, it's often people dealing with divorce, but it could be a business dispute. This is something in their lives that is making them more reactive and less rational. And although we intellectually know that, the minute someone comes at us with some aggression, you know, that gets us going, gets our heart rate up, gets our fight or flight going, stimulates the amygdala, gets that lizard brain operational, right? All those things that we talk about so much as mediators, as dispute resolution professionals. Well, when it comes at us, we behave very much, at least in our subconscious, the same way that our clients will. So take that step back, realize where the clients may be coming from and that they are in the midst of high emotions themselves. They also may be coming into our mediation room or into our space, having their own personal biases or prejudices that impact their ability to see the situation objectively. For example, we may have a client, and as always, I I tend to couch these things in terms of a divorce or family mediation because that's where I've seen most of these situations. But how about a client who comes in who feels that a spouse who has cheated has no entitlement to financial benefit through the divorce. They shouldn't get half the assets or a portion of the assets. They shouldn't receive support. And perhaps that's something that comes from a deeply held personal belief, a religious belief, a moral belief, a, you know, wherever that might come from, but they come into the process holding that personal belief or bias that makes it impossible or very, very difficult for them to hear what you are saying about a more objective criteria. They also, and this is so, so common, they may struggle to communicate. We know that people in general have a very difficult time communicating their needs, their concerns, and their perspectives in an effective way in a clear way. That's just a normal, you know, day-to-day trying to express oneself. Put them in a highly charged situation where emotion is running high and where perhaps they are getting hijacked by some of the past behaviors and patterns of their relationship or their past experience. And very often, even their rudimentary communication skills can be completely obliterated and yelling or being personally rude or being making things personal when they're not personal. I mean, there's a lot of different ways that people can come at that approach. So realizing that it may be very much that they are having difficulty in expressing themselves clearly and effectively. And how can you help with that? We'll talk more about that. And then also just realize that they may be resistant to having these conversations at all. Resistant to conflict, resistant for those who are in a dispute resolution process, resistant to being 
pulled into that process, not wanting to go through mediation, not wanting to have to come in into a situation where compromise is expected or is needed in order to move something forward. So they see the process itself as part of a, a threat. And that can very much happen. I mean, I've had it happen both with selected or selective mediation, where the parties have agreed to go to mediation, but it's begrudging, like, okay, fine, I'll go because it'll save me money, but I don't really believe in it, or whatever that reasoning might be. But also, we all know it may be court-ordered, or it may be something that the attorney suggests, but that the client's not really 100% behind. So looking at this from that higher level and understanding that that first step in managing your difficult client is understanding what makes them challenging, what challenges they are facing as they come to the process is really the first step in managing the situation. You can move from there to some strategies for managing those difficult clients. And so once you've identified the reasons behind that difficult behavior, and how do we do that? I, I should back up for a second. I always find the best way to find out what's really underneath an undercurrent of hostility or difficult behavior is to ask curious questions, to be curious. That is a mediator trick for anyone. It's not a trick, but it's a skill. That is a mediator skill that anyone can use in a challenging conversation. You can ask curious questions to get underneath the ostensible argument or barrage that you are receiving verbally from the person who is being difficult. So now that you had that opportunity, you ask those questions, you start to understand that they're feeling very emotional, that they have certain beliefs, personal beliefs and biases that may be driving their, their thoughts and their actions, that they may be struggling to communicate effectively or that they may be resisting this process. And now you have some tips that you can keep in mind to help manage the situation. So first off, and I will say this, is the hardest one in many instances to do. Again, because we're human as well. But the very first thing you want to do when someone is being difficult is to stay calm and professional. We are professionals. We practice in a profession. We bring client skills and services to people. And so their experience is important. And so we need to remain in that calm, professional, and hopefully non-judgmental space. And it can be hard to be non-judgmental because this person is usually coming at us in a way that feels that we're being attacked. But again, going back to realizing and remembering or understanding what's making them challenging can help us to avoid getting drawn into their emotions and becoming defensive. Because that's really, you know, when someone attacks you, isn't that your first response? I didn't do that, or that's not what I said. Very much that is a natural human response. But again, it can be helpful to take that step back, take the deep breath. I swear to you, the deep breath is probably one of the most helpful things I ever learned in my practice. Take that moment to contemplate and try to avoid getting drawn into their emotions and becoming defensive yourself. 
and acknowledge. I find it very helpful to acknowledge their perspective. Now understand I use that word acknowledge very purposefully. You can acknowledge that they are very upset, that they are coming from a place of feeling they feel disturbed or whatever their issue might be without agreeing with it. So I'm not saying that acknowledgement equals agreement. They are two A's, but they are not equal A's. Acknowledging their perspective can help you to build rapport and trust with them without saying that you agree with them. And this is really important. One of the masters of this is Bill Eddy. If you have not uh, listened to Bill Eddy, read any of his myriad of books of dealing with high conflict individuals. I, I highly recommended Bill on my other podcast. He has several episodes. They're actually some of the most popular episodes out of the hundreds that we've done because he's really a master of giving you tools in dealing with difficult high conflict behaviors in people. And one of the things he talks about is using ear statements with people, which is to use empathy give them attention and respect. None of those, those are all ways of, as I was saying, acknowledging their perspective without agreeing with their perspective. So you want to give them empathy. I can see this is very difficult for you. I can hear that you are having a hard time with this. I want you to know I am listening to what you were saying and interested to hear more so your attention, and I respect that you're here at this table working, ready to, to work through these issues, giving them the respect. So ear statements, Bill Eddy, he's got a whole book on it. I'll link to it in the show notes for you all. And then oh, let me reference another book for the next strategy. Uh, anybody out there who is in the dispute resolution world certainly has read Getting to Yes. That is the seminal book. I remember being assigned that book as homework before I even started my first 40-hour mediation course. At Most and Guthrie, it's not required reading, but we reference it throughout the 40-hour training. If you have not read Getting to Yes, I highly recommend, and I'll link to this as well. But Bottom line within dealing with difficult people or people who are very angry or upset is that you want to start to get them focused on their interests and not their positions because people, clients, the people that we're working with, and this is again, across the board, doesn't matter whether you're in a mediation or you're just talking to an angry person across the counter in your dry cleaning store, they're still an angry person. They are stuck on a position. I want this. I must get this. I must, this is all that will solve this for me. And what you really want to do is dive underneath that to what are the interests that will be served for them if they get what they want. So those underlying interests and goals and the working together to find those solutions that meet those needs is actually where you can start to, I always call it, mine the gold. So turning them away from, I must have, I'll go with my divorce, I must have the house. And asking the curious questions of, well, I wonder if you were to get the house as you, as you are asking for, what would the benefits be to you? in getting the house? Or would the benefits be to your children? What would the positives be? What might the cons be? 
I always like to ask that one because it's a good idea to get them to start thinking about the things that might not be to their benefit, such as the cost of the house, having to carry all the costs of the house. So that's, you know, using that ability to turn them from the position without telling them that's what you're doing, but starting to ask those questions that get underneath. This is also a really important time to start using our mediator, another mediator skill of active listening. It is an incredibly powerful tool for managing difficult clients. If you do not use it elsewhere, although I suspect you are if you're mediators, but make sure you are actually listening to what they say, ask them some clarifying questions and reflect back what they you are hearing. So let me, you know, let me listen to you. Let me ask you, can, is it all right if I ask you a question about what you just said? Okay, based on that, here is what I hear you saying, right? It's very important. And again, it kind of goes back to that ear statement that we talked about with Bill Eddy, giving them empathy, attention, and respect. When you reflect back to them, you actively listen and you reflect back to them, they know that they are being heard. Being heard is not the same as you agreeing with them. That's the acknowledging their perspective without agreeing always with their perspective. And then it's very important, and I, and I will say this and put this at the top of the list of strategies, if you have someone who is being abusive or disrespectful, you have to be able to set boundaries. So when somebody is being abusive, whether that's verbally abusive or God forbid, physically abusive or disrespectful to you, you need to set clear boundaries around your interaction with them and to let them know that that behavior will not be tolerated. And so if you are in a mediation and someone is being abusive to you or another participant, you have the right to draw the line that the mediation will be terminated if that behavior continues. And you have the same if you are dealing with the disrespectful or abusive dry cleaning client who is threatening to, you know, smash up things in your office um, or in your store. You have the right to set the boundaries around asking them to leave, telling them that you'll call the police. You have to um, respect your boundaries and safety as well as the other people who are in the room. So those are give you your strategies in that moment. Now, I know it's really hard in the moment where someone is yelling and screaming at you or bringing, heaping abuse on your head, as has been seems to be happening more and more lately. But take that moment to pause. Take that moment to take a deep breath and then remember to think through. And if nothing else, remember the ear statement. Remember ear. Sometimes I even write on a little sticky note when I have a really difficult client or couple coming in for a mediation or a colleague that I'm dealing with who's difficult, whatever that might be, I will put just the letters E-A-R on a sticky note and put it on my desk or my computer screen just to remind me empathy, attention, and respect, but not to get sucked into their drama. I just posted something the other day that said drama belongs on a stage, not in your life. And it's really true. It's so easy to get sucked into other people's drama. And these are all strategies for helping you stay in the audience and away from their drama. And finally, after working with a difficult client, this is the part that so many people forget or don't engage in. But it's really important for you to take a little time to debrief the situation, what happened, 
what you did, what you did well, what you might have done better, how you might have handled the challenge differently, or what you think was effective, and practice a little self-care for yourself. Because no matter how calm you can can appear to remain on the outside, that kind of conflict takes its toll on us as people. And when we're dealing with it day in and day out, we need to self-practice that self-care, get rest, get exercise, and, and get some social support. One of the things that I can highly recommend is, especially if you're a mediator or other practicing professional therapist, et cetera, get yourself into a consulting group of other like professionals where you have a place to go for support and venting and ideas and brainstorming and just feedback um, and support from others who are in the same position or similar position that you are in. We have a number of consulting groups at Mostyn Guthrie that Woody and I lead just for that purpose because we know, you know, we, we do what we do in a practice day in and day out. It can be very, very difficult and it can feel solitary, especially after a session dealing with somebody or a couple that has been difficult or, or a personality who has been exhibiting difficult behaviors. And so it's wonderful to have a place to go with trusted colleagues. So finding those places for support, but also in the moment where it happens after after that the couple leaves or after that difficult client leaves take a few minutes again to look at what worked well and what could have been improved and then take that to your support group to your consulting group and then again i will just always say any self-care that you do for yourself really needs to be ramped up when you are dealing with people who are difficult so although managing those difficult clients is never easy with the right strategies and mindset, it's possible to navigate even the most challenging situations. It really is. And you need to you know, start with staying calm, focusing on interests, and maintaining your professionalism. You can then build rapport and trust with even the most difficult clients and help them find solutions that meet their needs and keep you out of their fray which is really the most important part. You are the conduit to agreement for them, the facilitator of finding solutions. You are not the cause of their problems. So thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that you're going to find this helpful. I've had to remind myself of it lately a few times myself, and I have found all of these strategies to be incredibly helpful, especially the ear statements by Bill Eddy. So thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you next week so that you can make money mediating in your practice too. Thanks for listening in on this episode of the Make Money Mediating Podcast. I hope you got some great insights and tips on creating your dream practice. Join us every week on Thursdays for a new episode. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss anything. And if you're enjoying the podcast, here's a shameless ask. Please consider giving it a five-star rating and tell us in a review what you find most helpful. It's honestly the best way for others to find the show so that they can make money mediating too. I'll see you next week.